0: Welcome to Ink Pulp Audio, everyone. In the video world, I'm streaming from the universe. Uh, today, let me get rid of that nonsense. There we go. Uh, so I'm in my studio. Today, I got Eric Canetti. Say hi, Eric.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Drawing, what are you drawing today, Eric? What are you working on?
1: Um, this, is, uh, this is just me. F'ing around with uh snake eyes and storm shadow from GI Joe. Were you a GI Joe fan as a kid? Yeah, man, that was the thing I ran home from school to.
0: Best toys ever, man!
1: Yeah, dude, super affordable. I'll tell you a funny story about that later.
0: Okay, introduce uh, Jeff. Okay, uh, and I got Jeff DeCal in here. What up, what up. What up, Jeff? And you are working on?
2: Are these the drawings
0: for your uh, for that fundraiser you had going?
2: Yeah, yeah. I got about twenty-seven of them to do, so they're all just uh, just kind of meditative. Meditative is that the right word? Meditative. meditative? Yeah, meditative. Just portraits, you know, just kind of relaxing, small small drawings. Okay, cool. All
0: right, I'm gonna switch the camera to my desk. And then Eric, tell us about your G.I. Joe story.
1: I uh I got caught stealing G.I. Joe's at a local <laughs> from a local uh I guess uh uh what are they, like a local pharmacy? And it was funny how they got caught how they caught me. Is that I was I was ripping that shit out of the bubble pack, right, and stuffing them down my pant leg and into my sock. (laughs) And they straight up, one of the associates straight up came to me and said, like, "Hey, we caught you on camera stealing." And you know, you're a kid, so you're like, "No, I didn't." And he pointed it directly where it was in my in my sock. You know. Yeah. And the awful part, and the semi embarrassing part is, I stole like a. I can't remember what Zartan's sister's name was. So he gave me this look like, oh, you stole the girl one. Uh you know what? Uh-huh. We're not we're not gonna bring this up. Um, just don't do it again.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: thank you. And I ran over to my mom.
0: Oh, your mom was
1: there? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, she was shopping.
2: Damn, what? that's ballsy, man. <laughs> that's <cool.
1: laughs>
0: what um uh, do you think they really caught you on camera or do you think they were just fucking
1: with you? Oh, there's no way they could have just randomly come up to me and been like, Hey, we know where that is on your body, you know. Unless I think they had me on camera the entire time, but oh,
0: <laughs>
1: all right. So, Eric, and that's feet. and that's what uh, Tommy never steal again.
0: Did you ever steal again after
1: that? I don't think so, man. I just thought, like, there's got to be a better way for me to fucking get these toys. And it's just a toy, too, you know? So it's like... Right.
0: And so you basically said, if I get money for drawing,
1: then I can get more. <laughs> no, it's just one of those things where, you, you know, you, you just realize that this ain't worth it. You know, this would be right. so disappointing to my mother if she found out.
0: All right, Jeff, I got a question for you. Let's go. You said um, you call those meditative drawings. Why are they? What makes them meditative?
2: Um, no, no pre-existing character, no pre-existing costume. No, uh, I don't got to worry about it being published, the world seeing it, um, um, is, is the it autumn. The act- sorry, Go ahead. so so automatically that's all off the table, so I'm not even thinking about about any of that when I work. Um, um, and I'm just able to kind of get more involved in in my own kind of process. I mean, you know everything everything we do is our own process, but um, there's just a lot less baggage on on these so. so
0: it's meditative in the sense that there's there's no pressure in it. It's just an act of a study, or
2: yeah, that and then and I can yeah, and I've also been getting into like the, like the more the mark making um, with these, which I don't really do with my with my covers and my digital work because you know they're so fully executed, they're so fully finished and painted that um, that I, you know I just I don't get into the into the mark making uh and i and i haven't and and also haven't done like full-fledged pencil drawings in a really long time like all of these are like completely done in in pencil with graphite yeah just just this mechanical pencil that's it
0: what uh what kind of
2: lead you got in there uh 0.52b that's it so it's a small lead so so i could really you know get into all my little marks and hatching and stuff like that so you're um, keeping those
0: rich darts just by building that to be
2: yeah la- layers man layers i i tell i stress that to everybody um, just layers layer layering the the lead okay cool um
0: all right so one of the things i'm really trying to do for this season which i'm calling the quarantine chronicles and i started it yesterday with Mateo and Mafu, and now with you guys, is I want to kind of capture what's going on in the world and in our lives as this pandemic thing is going on. So uh, I do have some questions, but like, I remember, Eric, you left Chicago early because of this this virus had affected you in some
1: way and that was yeah long, that was how long ago now uh whenever c2e2 was so maybe a month back maybe less a little more
0: yeah. but
1: uh yeah i came home only because there was you know there were issues happening at home at the time and i won't get into it too much but it certainly did impact well right before i was leaving for chicago my wife was already like you know, Hey, you think it's a good idea considering there's this stuff that's going around. And I said, you know, I don't know if it's as blown out of proportion as I think it is. Right. Right. Because it was super early. It was like,
0: yeah,
1: barely crawling across, you know, New York, barely crawling across wherever. And, um, we, there wasn't a ton of information at that point. Everything was just, you know, uh, um, like I heard it from so everything was just like hearsay. I heard it from this or I read it from this, but there wasn't a ton of information coming through. Right. And so, I was like you know, what, I'd planned this trip for a very long time. As a matter of fact, it's the first—at least for me—it was the first show of the season. Um, I want—I kind of want to get out there, you know, just to keep, just to keep my body of work and the stuff that I do fresh in people's minds. You know, um, it's not that my my livelihood is contingent on a show, but certainly it doesn't hurt, right? To make a little right. bit of extra scratch during the year. Sure, sure. So off I went, and something happened at home, and I had to come. I had to come right back. It was it was mildly related to the pandemic, but not directly, right? Right. Um, but once I did get home, it became clearer because that was it was strange. Like in the span of a weekend, it became clearer that things were getting super serious nationally, right? Right. Because more, you know, more information started to come out. And and, you know, it it took all of it took personal, it took personal reflection to not let too much information bounce around in my head. Right. Because there's a point when it's just saturation, right? Right. There is a point when it's not even data anymore. It's just somebody's perspective on the situation. And that's like the most annoying, right? Right. Um, and so but yeah, it's it's only impacted me in such a way that it's it's knowledge that's out there. Like I work from home. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like, hey, you know, you know, you need to start staying home from from here on down. Right. Because there's a there's a mandated um, statewide order that you have to stay at home. Right. For for the sake of public safety, it was never anything like that. I, I work from home anyway. It's just the fact that it's in the air now, and anytime that you let's say I go run some groceries, there's you can start seeing like you know yesterday I just, as recently as yesterday I was I was picking up groceries for the house, and, uh, you know the elderly. I could like you know if I took if I took stock of who was wearing masks um, during that grocery trip,
0: yeah. it
1: was a lot of elderly people who were doing it okay which is which was interesting
0: yeah around here i'm seeing everyone not, i mean not everyone in mass, but all age groups represented in the math quality yeah. um but let me ask you when you were at the con was mm-hmm. there any was there something in the air about it like where people like started to talk and buzz about it? Like, what's going on? Yeah, well,
1: you know, again, it, it had just started to circulate that maybe it was less than ideal to have these shows, right? But it hadn't become an initiative yet, right? It started, you know, the conversation just started to happen about hey, is, you know, should we go to these shows in as much as hold on series acting stupid in as much as Oh, not as much as when um Oh gosh, when Seattle was coming around, like people were like, "We are that show should not exist at all," you know, like they should that should be taken right. up the calendar and rescheduled or whatever, right? right? But at this show, everybody was still kind of in the mode of like, "Ah, eh, should it? Should we go? Should we not?" And so it was already, yeah, definitely. People were like, "Hey, do you want to do? You know, you should just fist bump people, or you should just, you know, and it's that those kinds of things when it when you, um, you, everyone's psychologically course correcting, right? Right. So, yeah, definitely. And when you conduct yourself in a, in a different way, in a different manner more than anything else, um, yeah, definitely it's palpable. Thing...
0: Say that again. I, I,
1: was... I said it's definitely palpable. You know, when, right. you, when you're at a show and you wouldn't even think twice about shaking some guy's hand, now people are like, I'm never shaking somebody's hand during, you know, during what's
0: Right. And I do remember seeing Facebook posts. Like, I didn't understand, like, I still, like, I understand the not shaking hands, yeah, but I don't understand the need to like go on Facebook and announce that you will not be shaking hands.
1: Yeah, I don't know <laughs> that, I think,
0: that part. I,
1: didn't get. I, I think it's I don't know. I, if I were to hazard a guess, and I'm with you, I I, I understand the, the space that you're that you're you know that you're talking about. But I think it's just setting up the right expectation. If you are a fan of that creator, you know, yeah, yeah, I get it. like hey, they're not going to be shaking your hands, so don't take offense to it. You know, this is right. primarily for the, the sake of personal safety or personal health or whatever yeah I, I
2: get it I get that I guess, yeah I don't know man I think some people just any excuse
1: to make a post <laughs>
0: yeah I mean <laughs>
1: yeah no, no no that's that's, not, <laughs> that's
0: that's what I'm getting at that's certainly part of it like some people I think think they're too important but then some people are just being very very considerate maybe too much so but it's not harmful
1: yeah, no, I, I I know of a handful of those people that I'm like, oh, I just re- I, I I was just talking about this on Twitter. I was like, oh, I just discovered mute somebody for 30 days. Fuck yeah, I love that function. I can't stand. I'm rarely on Facebook anyway, and when I'm on there, it's a deluge of everybody's perspective on what's happening, pandemic wise. Yeah. You know, um, what do you call it? Politics wise. It's really the two Ps right now. It's politics and pandemic, you know what I mean? All
0: right. So
1: And I'm like, I can fucking mute you for thirty days? Hell yeah. App, can you
0: do
1: that? On Facebook.
0: You can mute for thirty days? Hell
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, that's and cool. it's good and, and it's good the thirty day thing is good because um I've muted people on Instagram and then I for I forget. And then and then like months will go by and I'll be and then something, you know, whatever, they'll come up and I'll be like, Oh shit. I did not mean to <laughs> never fucking follow. You, you know, never
1: unmuted read. them. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. thirty days.
0: Yeah. I found myself. I spent a good hour or so the other day just muting people on Twitter. Yeah, man.
1: That's just crazy. And it's not because you know they're talking garbage. It's just like it's one more person.
2: Right. It's one more
1: person giving their fucking hot take of how you should stay home. And it's one more person. And it's not to say they're it's not coming from a good place. Obviously, they don't want every for everybody's public safety. But dude, enough of you, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. if they don't fucking if people are not staying home, right? uh they're gonna do it despite of what you say there's nothing that you're saying right now that's gonna make that one person going oh so-and-so artist or so-and-so writer or so-and-so editor is i mean these are the kinds of people that i that i follow obviously but i mean like so-and-so is telling me to stay home i better do it you know like they weren't gonna stay home before you said that they're not gonna stay home now right 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 knock it off what kind of like superpower do you have you know
0: but that gets back to what i was saying with some of the uh People saying announcing they won't be shaking hands. There's I guess social media is giving some people an unrealistic sense of importance.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, And I think that falls into that category, like I must tell my public what they can and cannot do.
1: (laughs) Here's the position in which I stand on these issues and yada yada yada. Okay. (laughs) Good for you, man. But look at this, uh, look at this mute button that I just found. Awesome.
2: Right. Yeah. And then another, and then, you know what else, man, I I think it's ridiculous when, when someone says, you know, this is, this is what happened to me, whatever it is, this is terrible. And if you do this, or if you support this, then that's a slap in the face to me and and, uh, (laughs) whatever, you know, it's like,
0: yeah, the and, absolute intolerance for another point of view right now is a little
1: crazy. Yeah. yeah sure. No, for sure. I was doing yeah, a little think, bit of. I was doing. A, oh, go ahead, Jeff.
2: No, I've kind of just been thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and obviously this whole situation just intensifies it. I just think people. How do I put this, man? I just think people resist the nature of the universe. You know, they just like. They just don't. Yeah, they just resist the nature of the universe, man. The universe. What do you mean and, by that, Jeff? Yeah. It's orga- the universe is organized chaos, you know, and, yes. and, mm-hmm. and, and and the universe is terrible, and the universe is beautiful, and, and and a lot of times people only want to accept and and promote the the beautiful stuff and and everything, and and I, and I think it also, I think people also stay too zoomed in you know it's uh this isn't about us This whole situation it's not about us it's not about people you know it's about it's about the planet you know it's about life on this planet and and then if you zoom out even further it's about the universe you know then you zoom back in and it's about us but then you zoom out and it's about dude the it's amazing all the pollution is 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 dropping you know it's like if
0: yeah 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 they're, you
2: know so it's, it's just not about us and uh but but it is oh it's about the economy you know it's about all that shit and it's impossible, man. It's just impossible to. I think it's impossible for us to find a balance of everybody. I don't know, man. It's just so. It's. I. It, I've thought about it. I, I. Like. I think. Like. 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 I want to write something. I want to really figure out my thoughts and kind of write something about what I'm saying. Yeah, um because there's just so there's just so much going on and uh i i just think people don't all in all man people don't zoom out enough in in, in my opinion
0: you know yeah i understand mm-hmm. that but, i mean people are but, very go ahead uh, i am going to cut you
2: off no nah, that's it man i'm just kind of babbling i haven't really thought about it enough to to start really making a. I, mean, I
0: think we whole, are living problem. through a, a very uh like everyone's all in their phones all the time consumed with their own problems. And I mean, there's just there's so much going on around all of us. And it just the bombarded with information, it's, I think it's definitely made it hard for people to think beyond that at times.
1: To Jeff's point though, and this is not this is not to diminish what you just said, Jeff, but it's like the reason why, to me, it's like not necessarily acceptable, but it's understandable, is because I understand human nature, right? They can't, they. It's it's not very often that you can talk to somebody about the grander picture or like zooming out and having a, a more holistic, uh, you know, taking a more holistic attitude towards what's happening, because people have a tendency to be like very human, you know, take on something that's most important to them. You know, so in as much as I sort of like dismiss people in their politics, dismiss people of their, you know, perspective on the pandemic, yada, yada, I understand why they're doing it. Right. So so I I, I it's far be it for me to be judgmental to, to the nth degree. Obviously, it's 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 uh, unavoidable for me to do so. I just go like, oh, I understand why they're doing that. It, it's it's easier for you to un- to. It's easier to for a a human being to establish the farthest left and farthest right of an understanding of what's going on because it it gives them a sense of control right if i understand everything in my you know in directly in front of me and conceptually in my periphery i feel like i am in control of the situation and that is a very human thing to do right because if they accept this is all happening and none of it is my control people generally don't know how to operate in that space yeah because we've been told that we're the center of the universe you know
2: well that's what i think the problem is you know i think so much pain and suffering could be avoided if people can can flip that perspective you know and i think and i don't think it should be one or the other i think it should be a healthy balance of both that everything's about us the economy needs to be good we need to get back to work and also we are nothing we are little microorganisms on a rock hurling through infinity
1: rotating around a fireball you know (laughs) uh, I get it I Uh, I understand that perspective for sure but you know everything that we're doing now everything that we are as as a society everything is about that personalization which ultimately means you and your not you but i mean you know a person's experience as they are interacting engaging with you know x right and it's hard to understand that oh yeah this is only one component right of of what it means to to exist but there is also these other things as well you know um and but you can't you can't monetize everything else you know you can monetize personal uh personal interactions you can modernize you can monetize personalization i that makes sense to me i understand why people are caught up in things that may you know sort of not give them a bigger picture
0: yeah yeah that's what i was i'm agreeing with that
1: so, it doesn't. Um, it doesn't make what Jeff is saying is wrong. I think. No, no, I, no. I, I, you know? I think what, uh,
0: it's a. It's a discussion. It's not. There's no simple, like, answer. There's. You can't just say it is this way or that way. I think it's all.
2: Right. Right. Um, yeah, and I mean, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I. That's. What I'm saying and what you're saying are 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 both are both of the uh, both sides of the coin. Yep. So um, one thing I,
0: I, that I want to talk about, now would be a good time to get into it, is, um, so let me just say one thing. Eric, you're on the West Coast,
1: yeah.
0: near Portland, Oregon. Jeff, you are in the Miami area, and I'm in Atlanta, so we all have different experiences with what's going on right now. Eric, how has this affected you? Has it affected you minimally? Um, yeah. A little moderately? A lot? I, I don't know. How, how is all this affected?
1: The, pand- the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, minimally, but that's by design, right? How is that by design? Because I, all the information that's available to me is available to everybody else. Does that make sense? Like all the you know available to you, available to to Jeff, but I actively say, okay, that's as much as I'm going to take of that, right? Because in as much as I have zero control. control Say again.
0: You're talking about the information controlling the information coming
1: in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's what I'm talking about when I say by design. Like I could sit here and like continuously scroll the infinite you know, swipe up nature of how we are being uh, given information. Or I can go like, is that like, I, I, if like in, I take like three things, I take three bits of information that I'm like, okay, that's almost similar to everything else that I've read so far. So I'm going to put this down and go elsewhere. Right. Right. Because I don't think it's good for my mental state of mind and my overall spirit to be bombarded by stuff over and over and over and over again, you know, sure. Sure. and I don't care what the source, it could be somebody that I'm really familiar and intimate with, or it could be somebody that I'm just, you know, barely, I barely know, but they're all saying the same thing. I try to get to the core of what they're talking about and go like, oh, that's similar to everything else that I've heard. Why do I need more of that? You know? Right, so, if it impacted me, if it has impacted me anymore, it was like in the very beginning where I started thinking about like you know personal safety, safety for my family, safety for my extended family, and so on, and then I was like, you know what they, they i i can 't begin to sort of like account for them in as much as they how they conduct themselves during this time." So the best that I can do is everybody in my closest sphere of influence, right? Give them my perspective, you know, be adamant about certain things obviously, but outside of that, I'm like, I, you know, I, it's not that I'm, I'm out there like licking fucking toilet seats, right? Cause I wouldn't do that regardless <laughs> I, I, of pandemic. Why would I fucking start now? You know? Um Right. But I, I don't I don't throw caution to the wind that way, but I certainly don't sit here and like, you know, kind of kind of like stew in it, you know. I don't dwell in it because it doesn't doesn't make any sense. And I sure as hell don't go into social media and look for it, right? Right, right. That has but, very little return, you know, like what are you doing?
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well I think I mean my guess is just talking to some people It's like fear just owns them, and the fear just makes them keep looking and keep, like, yeah. I I guess it's a a quest for, like, what we were talking about earlier the more and more information I get, the more I will feel like I can control the
1: situation. The more information I have, which means I'm more knowledgeable of it, which means I have more control over it because I have knowledge of it. And that's not, that's rarely true.
2: Right, right. And <laughs> and rarely that's is of, that
1: fucking true, I, and that's
2: sort of where my where the perspective I mentioned earlier comes in. It's like if you can just understand that again, it's it's not about us, and just let yes. let go, let go. You know, yeah, yeah. If that's gonna re- that's if if you're able to do that, if you're able to to fucking let go, man, that's gonna relieve so much stress. I'm not saying maybe metaphorically let go with your hands, but you know, you got a little rope tied to your waist or something so you can dangle around, but you're not white knuckling and holding on. So (laughs) you you know what I'm saying? Right. So, so so it's like, if you want to come back, you want to read an article, you want to read one or two articles per day. Okay. Nothing new. Let go go it's bigger than right. us whatever's gonna right. happen is gonna happen we right. can't control the fucking government we can't control mother nature we can't control the universe there's so much we can't control that yeah. people still get so anxious about you know and it's like if yeah. you have absolutely no control over it just go live your life whatever mm-hmm. you can do to just fucking relax you know yeah because i just
0: want to Go ahead. let me just Eric real quick let me just say because yeah. I want to I come back to that I do want to address that because I I mean I have just let go and yet I am my I am feeling physical stress that like I'm not like I'm not depressed I'm, I'm not anxious but uh, I mean I, I feel it physically uh, but I want to come mm-hmm. back to that I want to keep going with what Eric was saying so Eric when I ask you what um What, um, uh, how this is, is this affecting you? I mean, your answer is just about information, like controlling. All right. Well, it was asking me, I, sorry, everyone. I got bumped because I didn't have a full membership. Now I do. And then it asked me if I wanted to record to the cloud, which I don't, blah, blah, blah. So we're back now. I remember exactly where we left off. Um, Yeah. So, uh, Eric, I was asking you how, if this had affected you, this virus, and you were talking about the information coming in, but yeah, has it affected you in any other way? Like, Has it affected you financially?
1: Uh, no, I work remotely anyway. So no, I mean, as I say that, you know, the company that I work for, uh, is, is, you know, I think this is an, in a strange way, this sort of thing where they tell people to, I work for a video game company. So, that, you know, people staying at home or being told to stay at home is advantageous for the nature of their business, right? It right. is because that it, effectively those who already play the game are being, you know, are encouraged to just by the, the nature of staying at home are encouraged to play the game even more. So in a way, again, advantageous for the oh, business right. that I that I work for.
0: Just like Zoom is like right place at the right time for their That's
1: business. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense for them. Uh, yeah. uh, they are probably benefiting from it due to the nature of like, you know, everybody doing video conferencing now. And I think it's a pretty amazing uh, uh, service. It's smart. It's Yeah, it's smart of them to monetize it as they have. You think it's coincidence right around this time? Some, some, <laughs> and, uh... I think if anything, it, it, it compelled them to to push the uh, to push the app out sooner. You know, maybe they were sort of r and ing a handful of its, you know, utility and functionality. But with what's happening, they might have been like, oh, we've got to get this out. What do you think, Jeff? You think it's like it's not coincidence? Simulation, bro. It's part of the simulation.
0: <laughs> um. But how about personally, like, do you feel like, are you going out less than you used to?
1: No, dude, I'm a homebody, right? Like, I'm, a, I'm an introvert to begin with. And so it's not as if it's impacting me outside of, you know, again, outside of the, the external stuff. Personally, emotionally, I'm not in any different place than I was before the whole thing started. How about you guys?
0: Well, I mean, uh, 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 just real quick, it it affected you in the sense that we were all going to hang out in Durango City, so it's had a little impact.
1: Yeah, I know. I think uh, in that case, yeah, but I I really didn't want to see you guys. Perfect truth, would I? Sorry.
0: uh jeff what
2: about you um as far as my freelance work not really um i mean obviously we all lost money not being able to do these conventions that are getting canceled um but the biggest thing for me is uh yeah social life man i mean i'm you know i think you know i'm i'm interviewing maybe eric you know we're all but we're all Different degrees of introvert, extrovert. You know, maybe Eric is a little bit more extreme than me on an on the introvert. I'm still introvert, but I still love getting out, man. I still love meeting my buddy, meeting my friends for lunch and going in the gym and doing all that. It just kind of breaks up my day and all and everything. And I'm not doing any of that uh, anymore. Right, man. right. I've been inside, and doing my own home workouts, which are, you know, nothing compared to what I can do at the gym and uh, right.
0: So yeah. it's, I mean, that's one thing I definitely want to talk about with you. It's, it certainly its impact on, on our workouts, not being able to get to a gym and all. Yeah. So what, how have you a, a adjusted to that?
2: I mean, I'm just doing my, just doing stuff at home, calisthenics. I got a pull-up bar, you know, just what anybody else can, can do from home. Uh, as far as workout goes and weird the I guess maybe one of the weird weirder feelings I've gotten throughout this whole thing is uh, last week I went to went to see my mom. I just I just took some of my, my sketches and, and drove to her house and, and worked on them there. And when I pulled up and I went to greet her for the first time in my life, I had second thoughts of should I give my mom a hug?
0: Yeah. I never,
2: never felt that man. That was super weird yeah but i did and i did hug her man because that's at this point i just i don't i think the benefits of giving my mom a fucking hug outweigh the that outweigh the risks you know at at least at this point you know yeah um,
0: yeah i mean i hear you yesterday when i was recording Matteo, we had a pretty sobering moment that's made me think about a lot of things Um, Just to briefly recap, um, Tara's girlfriend's family have it, and her cousin, who was in ICU, I was asking how he was doing, and he had just passed away the day before from it.
2: From the virus?
0: Yeah, yeah. Wow.
2: Insane. uh,
0: Yeah, so that, that kind of made me think a lot more about some of this shit.
2: Was he? Did he have? Was he immunocompromised? Have some underlying uh, condition? No, he
0: was not. He was not. He was
2: just a. How old was he?
0: Sixty-two or so. Okay. Was
2: he a smoker? No. Damn. No. It. Um. I mean, some people are just
0: getting taken out by it. So th- that was kind of like I didn't expect that. And Jim was on the podcast. None of us expected that. And. So that was kind of a, a sobering moment there, um, but your workouts—what, what, like, what are you doing now? I know you said it's you, your workouts aren't nearly what they used to be, so maybe talk about what, what Not
2: doing. even, not even worth talking about. They're so they're pathetic, man. Pull-ups, push-ups, body weight uh, squats, or I'll I'll hold a few of my heaviest. Art books while I do some squats, lunges. um That's it, man. I mean, and and it's 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 hard to get motivated when you're in the same space all day. Like being in the gym was very yeah.
0: motivating, you know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um,
2: so yeah, so it's like, yeah, maybe I should do an extra couple sets of, of dips or pushups, but I just I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna get back to work. You know, like I, like motivation isn't isn't there, but I am I'm doing it every day. I mean. It ain't like I don't got the time or, or the reason to work out. Yeah, I've, I've found. I mean, I'm. I'm. For me, this has been a real exercise in being mentally flexible,
0: and I think I've done really well. My my workouts are completely changed now, but yeah. I'm enjoying them, and I'm going to get in different kind of shape, and in some ways, better shape from this. Um, but yeah, definitely different. One thing that was hard for me was. The thought of giving up yoga classes was really weighing on me. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to, because that really helps with my mental health. Yeah. And I was like, if I have to give that I don't know what I'm going to do. But I found solutions,
2: and I'm adapting and adjusting. So I'm seeing lessons in this, and that's what I'm trying to take away from it. Oh, yeah, adaptation is huge, man. You know, people, people, people love to, and when I say people, I'm not excluding myself, you know, um, but when I say the things, I work on them, you know, I'm conscious of the things that I'm saying, but you know, people love, you know, it's no new concept. People love their comfort zones. People love to, uh, to be, uh, people love when other people agree with them, agree with what they think, even though they may not be the best ideas, solutions, uh, or anything like right. that, so, um, but yeah, but to just adapt and and always, and just find the lessons in everything, man. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly, exactly. So uh, it's, it's infected you mainly in that, are you feeling like trapped and cooped up and you're alone in your house. That's one other thing we should talk about. Like Eric, you've got your family in your house, I've got mine, I'm still coming into the studio myself but
1: yeah. Jeff, you are, um... yeah, dude, I live alone. I'm alone all day, every day. It's the way that Joe said that right now that made me like a little, you know, a little movie sad for him, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's really hard. Uh, that's what I, I mean. I, I mean, right I, it's
2: us. like, like, again, like, um, I, I just, you know, there's always the macro and the micro, you know, the micro would be like, oh, I'm alone all the time. This is so hard. And that's valid. But then the macro would be like let me zoom out and let me think about people that are stuck in tumultuous relationships and they're at home with a spouse that's fucking treating them like shit or around their kids all the time and they're driving they're getting they're going crazy because they have to work but they got to homeschool their kids and they have all these responsibilities and all this anxiety so and and then and, and an infinite more amount of worse off situations than me just being alone and being able to basically do whatever i want all the time you know so yeah it can get lonely um for sure uh but i don't wanna i i don't um i'm aware you know i'm aware about the bigger picture and i just always try to think about the bigger picture and that and when i do i feel better you know like i feel better like when i start getting depressed and lonely and all that shit i just think about the bigger picture and i'm like man you know what let me just get back to work. Let me let me go take a walk. Let me, you know. Yeah, me. I mean, thank God we can go out for walks. Yeah. yeah
1: there's great. something very interesting, and I think I I have a kinship with you in that sense, Jeff. And I was um, listening to and take this with a grain of salt because it's it's going to talk about a CrossFit, but I, but mo- mostly I want us to focus on the the concept, right? there is a crossfit coach by the name of Ben Bergeron and he released a book about what it means to tr- um to train um you know two time three time crossfit athletes like cha- i mean you know crossfit cha- athlete champions right yep and again focus on the spirit of what i'm talking about but not necessarily the the specifics right but there is a, a CrossFit athlete who's won back-to-back. Her name is Katrin David's daughter. And there was an event, you know, this, this is like a three-day, four-day uh, sort of uh, competition, but there was an event that had them fly out from Southern California to the origins of the co- CrossFit competition up north. I uh, can't remember where, where it is. It's closer to uh, the middle of California as opposed to north, but anyway, off they went and it just happens to be that on their way back their flights uh, the entire events flights were getting cancelled right which meant they weren't going to get in until like midnight or 1 a.m in the morning which means they had x amount of time to rest before the next event the day after and when the media were interviewing the different crossfit athletes some of them were like oh man i'm going to be too tired tomorrow i'm going to be you know um uh we were talking about uh, talking to the coordinators to have them push the event because who's really going to be ready for this right um we're, we need our rest and recovery and all of it made sense right and then that those same media people talked to katrin and they said what do you think about us getting stuck in the you know getting stuck in the airport and our flights getting canceled and she's like well yesterday i performed pretty well you know probably better than expected or just as expected so that was good for me um you know, we have X amount of hours before they say our plane is going to get here. So I'm going to take advantage of just getting some sleep is wherever I can. Maybe it's going to be on the floor. It's an hour long flight back in the Southern California. So there's opportunities there, you know, and when I get, in, get into my, you know, when we finally get back to our hotel, regardless of what time it is, I'm just going to do my very best to rest when I can. And then if the event is still on tomorrow, which I don't know, but if the event is still on tomorrow, given my... Given given the the sort of, you know, adversity that I'm being put through, I'm just going to try to perform as best as I can. And and when Bergeron pointed that, actually, he's like, everybody was going through the same level of challenges and adversity. It takes a special champion level winning individual yes. in the between what's between her ears is what makes her a champion. Yes. Because everybody's going through the same thing. Everybody is going through the same sort of like, and everybody's going to end up competing. Everybody's going to end up doing the same movements, right? You are, you know, you are partially, if not wholly limited to what's happening in the thoughts that's happening in your head. Exactly. And so, and so that's the kind of stuff I broadcast to the team that I'm a part of at work. I'm like, we're all going to get put through the same kind of ringer. It's in our attitude and how we conduct ourselves and how we basically um, um, react to it right that's fully within our control there's so many things that's out of our control right how we conduct ourselves moving forward is a thing that's going to keep us a cut above everybody else now you can you can choose not to believe that but i like i challenge you for the next three months to just take on that attitude. As a matter of fact, I I went as far as sent them the audio so that they can passively listen to it during their drive into work or wherever they may be, where they're in the gym or just sitting there drawing. And I think to each person, to their credit, they took it on and they're like, there is a, you know, if I've heard anything back from them, even just in the way they conduct themselves, whenever we're in the middle of a meeting, I can tell there's a difference because they can go like, oh yeah, so-and-so, uh, you know, uh, so how do they apply it to their day-to-day? It's, it, there is a there is a huge gap. There's a divide between like what a CrossFit athlete does and what an artist does on a day-to-day, but not in how you conduct yourself between your ears, all right? Because challenges come in whatever form. In CrossFit, in, a, in an athlete's case, it may be physical, but in an artist's case, it is sort of just like the mental attitude that you take towards any challenge that en- ends up in front of you. So they're like, oh, yeah, this this person is really difficult to deal with. They come from another team. They come from another product. Or there's a ton of work in on my table right now, and it's so hard to think of, like, what the end looks like, right? But to each of them, they go like, man, this, this is doable, you know? And if it's not doable, I'll do the very best I can, right, given the time, given the limitations, given the challenges, given whatever sort of, like, things that may actively but out of my control, actively handcuff me in a situation where I don't feel like I I am getting the best chance at it, you know, or getting the 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 best sort of um, uh, opportunity space to succeed, right? We already know the challenges are coming. It's how you conduct yourself afterwards, you know. Yeah, man, right. and,
2: and that and that mentality is not something that usually comes naturally to people. Um, nope. So. I, like I've I've heard Rogan say this, so I'm not gonna take credit for it. But people, you know, w- when when people want to get healthy, it's like okay, let me let me watch what I eat, let let me exercise, right? But there's all so so you want to watch what you put in your body, right? right? But also, if you want mental health, you gotta watch what goes into your mind. So right. if you're on Facebook all the time and you're yep. just seeing people complain and you're seeing people put up these shitty articles and you're seeing how terrible the world is, your mind is going to be in that mental state. If you have friends, if you have family members, if you have positive role models, whatever you want to call them in your life, and you're constantly talking to them about everything you just said, Eric, the way that you talk to your, to your team and, and, and you're around that and that's what's coming into your mentality. That's how you're going to think you're going to think more along those lines. You're going to get out of that victim, complain things are so terrible you're going to get out of that you know and and i think and 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 again it just comes back to you know i'll take it back to what i've been saying about zooming out man it's it's not about us you know it's 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 about the bigger picture and i think that's all part of it and 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 again that's not you know that's not to be taken uh what's the word that's not gonna be it's not to be taken a hundred percent like our life and our mentality should be a balance of both, you know, but definitely more weighted towards everything you just said. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's actually I mean, I recommend for the both of you to listen to the book, because he breaks it down in the, the chapters in by which he trains this athlete, and rarely does it only exclusively focus on the physical, right? Like, a lot of it has a lot to do with like, what goes on in your brain because a person is going to be able to lift more than you run faster than you draw better than you, let's say, right. Create better concepts than you, but it's how in, in the way that you conduct yourself um, uh, in the actions that you take thereafter. Right. Like the reality of it is, yeah, there's some guys who could probably draw better than better than you. Right. But you know, can they outwork you? Right. Can they out sort of like, you know, and in this, this is being put in a a competitive sense. So take it with a grain of salt, right? Like, can they do better at the things that, um, that don't have anything to do with the physical? And if the answer is no, you're, you're already in a better path, right? And I think a lot of people miss that because there's a lot of different factors, but a lot of people miss it but primarily for the things that you're talking about, Jeff, which is like we are, we are predisposed to think negatively, right? Think that we are lesser than, and I don't understand why that's that's the space that we we come to. We are we are punished more than we are celebrated or commended, right? Um, and I don't know. I, I have no idea how m- some people get there. Most people get there, but I do know being conscious about like the the state of mind that you're in when, when you're faced with adversity, that's so super important and how you react to it.
2: Yeah. And now, you know, I was been thinking about this also, like, you know, and I get take this back to my whole simulation theory fucking idea, but it's like, you know, we're all, every animal on in the world is, is born with like a certain programming, right? Like most yep. animals, most animals do when they're born, they're good to go. They could walk, they could hunt, you know, they, they, they're, they have even spiders. Like no one teaches a spider how to spin a web. That's like an unbelievably complex thing, but they just do it. That's their, that's their program, you know, right. but like humans, we need to be taken care of for so long. We need to be coddled. We need to be loved, you know, like, like that's like part of the human programming, you know? And, mm-hmm. and uh, so like, I don't blame people that, Find it hard to get away from that kind of me, 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 love me, feel yeah. bad for me, help yeah. me. You know, even if it's not on like the baby level. You know, even right. I mean, everything I just said, you can. It could be a baby, it could be an adult. It would just be a different level. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. Um,
2: so yeah, I mean, like you, you want to have compassion for people, but you also want to say, "Oh, get the fuck up and go do that shit." Stop, <laughs> you know?
1: Stop. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's strange how. Yeah, and I'm sure there are experts out there who have way more training and way, way more experience about this. But it's it's strange how there there are people who have never been encouraged to grow up emotionally, you know, I right. hate. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's so it's such a tough concept for them to get past a certain mental um, developmental stage and those same experts were like actually no we should help blah 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 blah. and you're like yeah but that person is not a fully functioning member of society and when adversity comes they don't know how to handle it you know yeah right they don't have the facilities they don't have a gear that they shift into right and and some people have have sort of you know made it uh, a, a little bit um you know, they shame them into thinking they don't have the, the mental capacity by just saying like hey go go get tough you know and go get good right but i think there's validity to that <laughs> when yeah. you're when you're yeah. handling everything with kid gloves how do you su- suppose to toughen somebody up mentally to be able to handle all the things that are happening to them again there's yeah. experts that'll probably laugh at everything that i just said but hey man i i believe in something completely different
2: yeah i mean yeah, even I like, like when there
1: would you say, Sean? I missed it.
0: I said, "Say that last part again." You believe?
1: Yeah, I believe in something completely different. I believe there's a there's a point in which you you coddle. I believe there's a point when you encourage. I mean, I think that you should be encouraging, you know, more often than not. But also, there's a point where you're like, you just need to go fall on your face.
0: Yeah,
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree.
1: I I mean I don't have any
2: kids, but I use this example all the time. It's like you could tell a kid a hundred times that the stove is hot, but they will never understand what that means until they burn themselves, you know? Yeah. And indeed. it's like yeah. it and it's like the kid okay, the kid, a human being, there you don't make it through you don't live to be an adult without burning your fucking hand. For like sure. it's gonna happen, right? Like it's gonna For happen. Sure. So like like parents that and, and then again it's a touchy thing. I'm not telling parents to go let their kids burn their hands on stoves and stuff like that but it's like man you know like i almost kind of want them to like in a way or or whatever you know just so just because it's like the faster you burn your hand the faster you you know you know and then it's like you know uh, the faster you do it like you know like the chicken pox like we were talking about the other day eric it's like do you want to get it as a kid and have a mild case or do you want to get it as an adult and have a terrible case you know yep I feel like there's a metaphor there. It's like you wanted some things you want to do early on. So you can realize, okay, I learned my lesson now. I'm good. You know, you don't, you don't want certain lessons. You don't want to wait. You you don't want to like rob the kid of that lesson.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a key key thing, at least for me. Right. And in a situation that you are put into a failure space, right? Some parents, So, you know, or mentors, let's just say, let's use that broadly, right? Mentors don't know how to capitalize and optimize in the opportunity to be able to teach in that failure space. Because I think what people have a tendency to do is like, oh, you failed. And therefore, that's the finite concept, right? it's actually not very true, right? It's the farthest, at least for me, it's the farthest thing from truth, right? Which is like, when you're presented with a failure space, or the concept of failure, there's an opportunity to mentor and coach somebody to go like, what did we learn right then? Right? Right? So that's your, to your point, Jeff, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you can tell somebody that the stove is hot, but in the moment they burn themselves, they go like, oh, they learned that lesson. That's really the sort of like ultra simplified concept of what i'm talking about which is like for everything hey you you failed or that did not meet up to your expectation what did we what did we learn right and and it's like if you can find the thing that you can focus on to go like that's how we can improve that's how we can you know that's how we that's what we leverage next time where was the what where is it that we had the most the the most fruitful version of this experience and leverage that moving forward and then also look for the opportunity space for improvement that's how you can that's how i believe that's how you overcome right it's when people go well you failed and that's the end of that that's when it becomes super painful and that's why people don't want to Right. That's what people like painful is such excuse me, failure is such a painful experience because there's no opportunity space for growth. They've been taught that over and over again, the failure is finite and it's really not.
2: Right, well, Failure
1: separates. Failure really shows you
2: who really, who wants it and who doesn't, you know, the people sure. that just give, okay, I failed, I'm done. Yeah. That, you know, they're, they're not meant for it. The people that yep. fail and keep going, keep trying, keep, and they don't accept the failure, you know? Like that's that's where the real people, that's where the oh, real yeah.
1: show up. Yeah, yeah, there was, you know, I'll give an example that my wife consistently goes through um, because she has moments when she, when she has these self-aware, self-awareness aware self issues where she's like, am I as good as what my potential is? Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you define what your potential look, looks like. But she's like, I don't know if I've gone as far in my career as, as I could have, you know, or I, I've, I've gone as far as I could have in the time that I spent in it. And we were talking specifically about this one moment in her life where she was seeing a lot of her contemporaries getting promoted into um, becoming storyboard artists over at Warner Brothers, right? Each and every single one of them either came in as like hot shots or were getting promoted ahead of her. And I was talking to her about like those individuals now, right, like, where are they? You know, and to give context, these were the people that for whatever, in whatever version of wisdom that they had, Warner Brothers directors pulled a bunch of Deviant Art guys and pulled them into Warner Brothers Animation and said, oh yeah, these guys are good artists. These guys are good draftsmen. We can turn them into storyboard artists, which is like the worst fucking concept, but whatever. They didn't have a crystal ball and neither do I. It was just a feeling that was was eventually proofed out, right? These guys were like the hottest things on DeviantArt, seemingly to have good work ethic. You bring them under a roof of like expectation. Like nobody ever bothered asking them like, see that pretty pretty DeviantArt drawing that you took or that you have? How long did that take? Right? When you're on a schedule, especially under the sort of like locomotive that is a Warner Brothers animation schedule, there's no snowflake. There's no like, oh, you're so special and amazing. You are under a deadline. And the expectation of everybody else is compounded onto you now because you're supposed to be hot shit, right? And so what my wife was seeing was like all these people who were coming in, being brought up or you know, being promoted up because of their hype, right? Fast forward to a relatively short amount of time, I'd say about three years, right? None of them are around anymore, right? But who do they talk about when it comes to really um, having the the sort of like evergreen opportunities as a career, talk about Cassandra, because she's the one that stayed, you know, that stayed hunkered down, paid attention to what's being told to her, and never had no as part of her vocabulary, right? They'd say, go change this because X, Y, and Z. She'd go like, yes, why am I changing it? Right, not 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 to defy authority, but she wanted to understand why those things were being changed so she could learn from them. Right. right? So that's what catapulted her into a person that they really coveted. They really took into high admiration and said like, oh yeah, we wanna hold on to her. So I, I asked her like, this thing that you're going through, especially when it comes to art and most things in life, it's not short game. <laughs> Right. you have to think long term right like what does it mean the guys who are getting the the short term stuff 50 percent of them 60 percent of them don't know what it means and how good they have it because they never earned it they just got it yeah you on the other hand were under the the guidance tutelage of really a bunch of really smart really well celebrated people and they appreciated you in the end because you knew how to learn whereas people just went in there and said like meh I guess I deserve this, you know. There's a level of entitlement to everybody. She never had that. She right. busted her hump for it. Well
2: Yeah I mean, look, look looking at the bigger picture again, man, it's like zooming out. You know? Yep. I agree.
0: Yeah. To to just back up a bit, um what you were talking about essentially with the cross trainer was was mental flexibility. Yeah. And have and like I was like for me uh, I I've, I mean I've been working on myself a lot of the past year or two. I guess mainly the past year a lot of growth and so I, I feel like with, with this I, I've been able to be very flexible and, and not get down but I, like I said earlier I'm feeling so much stress physically. Like I'm not stressed out, but I, I wake up with like a headache every day because my neck is so stiff from stress.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, Sean, Sean how much how much of that is is financial? You it's, know, all like financial. Are you? it's all. Right. financial. all right, yeah. but, right? And so that, that's like
0: like I'm wrestling with that. Like, why if I'm if I feel like I'm in a really good place? then why is my body acting so differently?
1: Yeah, it has gotta be. Yeah.
0: What'd you say, Eric?
1: No, I was gonna say it's gotta, it's gotta stem from something that's not in, in your immediate sphere of influence. And that's got to be because finance has got to be, you know?
0: Oh, it definitely is. I mean, this, Yeah. like, if I want to, I can go down a rabbit hole of depression and anxiety from the financial um, effects of this this coronavirus thing right but but that
1: does nothing it, it doesn't change the situation doesn't help the situation right right
0: it doesn't improve the
1: situation so yeah. there's no point I mean for me like this virus now become for me like this staying at home
0: and things being closed it's now about how much growth can I achieve during this time and what can I do to make that growth happen
1: right Right, right. That it
0: gives me a little bit of excitement every day to go out and do something.
1: Super smart man. It's all that it's all in that between the ears programming, dude. Yeah. You have control of that. You know, like you have absolute control of that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm learning that more in the past year than I, I ever knew possible.
2: And I think also, man. I mean. You know, I, I heard this one time. I this is, uh, I guess, I guess more on the religious end, but uh, you know, I heard someone say one time that you know God never gives you more than you can bear. You know, He'll never put more more weight on your shoulders than than you can bear. And I and I think that you know you don't have to believe in you don't even have to believe in God to to understand that or to respect that concept. It's about the universe. It's about all that shit. It's about balance. You know, um, and just having having a faith in the, in the journey, like in the process, you know, and, and right. uh, cause a right. lot of times, a lot of times things happen that on the surface look terrible, catas- even catastrophic and they end up being our best lessons. They end up leading maybe at, in that moment, this is terrible, but they end up leading us into an entirely new way of thinking an entirely new situation that we never could have planned or even thought about. And now we realize, wow, You know like this was that that was so necessary for me to become this person or for this for this opportunity that changed my life to present itself i had to go through that fucked up opportunity Um, and then and then at the same time um i i use this metaphor also man like like uh like if your life is a sequence of dominoes you know it's like don't worry about those dominoes that are that are up ahead only worry about the you know the the next couple of dominoes because if, if something happens and that domino doesn't hit those other dominoes. Then you just spend all that time worrying about some shit that never was going to happen in the first place. Yeah. Um, because those dominoes didn't, didn't fall the way you thought they were going to fall. Um, my, my parents uh they're, they wanted to move, you know, they're, they, they live in uh, like an association and the association fees were high and all that. And um, so they're trying to refinance and they're trying to move by this date and all these things. And, and my, my mom and my stepdad, they kind of delegated the, the, the things they needed to do to get the house ready and clean up. And my stepdad was going slower than my mom wanted him to and all this shit. And I told my mom, I said, just stop. I said, just do what you need to do. Do, do what you need to do. Don't worry about the things you don't need to worry about. Everything, you know, and, 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 and again, have faith in the journey, have faith in the process. My stepdad and my stepdad ended up getting a new job, a better job recently. So now they're able to afford the mortgage and now they, now they don't have to move right away. And when that happened, I said, wow, mom, look at that. I said, all that worrying, all that stressing that you were doing, you were worrying about those dominoes. You were worrying about the dominoes up ahead and you didn't even know that those that, that dominoes right in front of you were going to take a turn and start a whole new set of fucking dominoes to fall. And now you don't even have to worry about all the things that you were going crazy about a month. You know, and because he had no idea that, that my stepdad was going to get a new job. And he did. And that's a perfect example of, of what
0: I. Yeah, I mean, the universe, if you can sort of change your thinking and just be, see, every challenge is an opportunity and keep your mind open to possibilities, it seems like the universe has ways
2: of making things appear in front yes. of you.
1: And what I think and, of, man, and, a component, and, and, Go component guarded.
2: And and if I go back to my simulation theory, man, it's like that's that's the test that the fucking machines or the or the aliens or the spiritual whatever made <laughs> in simulation. There, that's they they put these little challenges in front of you, and it's like it's like a fucking video game, man. It's like or it's like one of those stories where you can choose your own destiny. You know, it's like they put the situation in front of you, and depending on how you react to it, that's the way your life is going to go. That's the that's the way the simulation is going to adapt itself to change your to change your 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 journey. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I mean life is life is just yeah, I think the sooner you embrace the idea that it is chaos and you try to just ride it, ride it. Man. You can steer it, you can nudge it a little bit, but yeah, I think it's it creates a much healthier place for you mentally if you accept that idea. Where
1: Where'd Eric?
0: go? is Eric still here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. All right. So, um, so Jeff, it's it's financially you're not really affected by this uh, too much, or you are from the loss of the convention.
1: Mm,
2: yeah. I mean, if we stop doing conventions, I'll be affected. But for now, I'm fine because again, I'm fortunate. I don't have any. I live alone. Don't have any kids. Don't have and all that stuff to worry about so right i'm all right i'm all right for now
0: and your mental health is okay being at home alone sounds like
2: i'm good man i mean you know we all got our breaking points but i'm i'm far from that right now you know right okay cool. <sighs>
0: and with that i guess we're getting close to the end there
1: Eric. are we is this so near the end
0: i mean it feels like the uh it feels like naturally the end is is upon us. The the conversation is dulled. A little, it's not dulled yet, but it's it's getting quieter.
1: No, no, I yawned no. only because I was up super early this morning. And if that somehow translated as like as like you know naturally coming to an end, I hope I hope that I, I did I wasn't the catalyst. No, for. no,
0: it seemed like the conversation was slowing down a bit.
2: Unless you yeah, yeah, I
1: thought we were going to end up talking about comic books a little bit, talking oh, about right, how no, that's. No, it. No, no,
0: you're right. You're right. I yeah. do, let's let's go. Let's do it.
2: Yeah, man, I'm 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 good to go a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So um, this whole virus thing. Uh, I know we've been talking about the financial implications on us, but it's it's affecting the uh, the business of comics. Yeah. So Eric, why don't you lead into this? Yeah. It
1: had been something that I was talking about. I don't know when it dawned on me what a an awful system it's been set up to be. And then the more I thought about it, as the years have passed on, it's an awful system that's Consistently upheld by the people who are publishing the books themselves, right? So here's the here's the concept. And I don't know. if, I mean, your 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 reader, excuse me, your your listeners probably know how the comic books um, distribution works. But for the sake of uh, for the yeah, yeah, sake of clarity, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I'll I'll give you the the quick breakdown of it. And some of it's going to be so glossed over. So this isn't going to be any uh, a level of specificity that's necessary. But here it goes comic books in order for it to get into your um, uh, local comic book store, the brick and mortar places all have to distribute into a place called diamond, right? Diamond then takes a, a cut so that they can have their, um, you know, they can pay for their lights to stay on. And that cut is, is transferred onto the um, brick and mortar, the, the comic book store owners, right? Uh, That's, that's then sort of like, you know, how how, what's the best way to do it so comic book companies comic book publishers sell at a certain um uh price point that price point is sent to uh diamond distributors then diamond distributors can are are bought from by the brick and mortar places i think that's the best the simplest way that i can say that right Mm -hmm. so technically uh, the comic book store owner is not buying directly from marvel they're buying from a middleman right right and more often than not, I'd say nine times out of 10, 0%, or excuse me, nine times out of 10, those, what do you call it, the books that they buy from the, the that middleman are not returnable.
0: Right.
1: Right. So after I buy, you know, copies of comics X, Y, and Z, uh, if I don't sell them, they're sitting on my shelves. Right? I make no money from them, whereas in the past, it's like if it sits there, I can send them back to you, and you can do whatever the heck you want from them. I don't know when be- when I don't recall what year it was that the be- comics became non-returnable. But there you go. So when one of the but so that is as a business model, there is a single point of failure that cascades outward and then back inward into how an industry is being set up. And it makes absolutely no sense as a business to me why they've allowed themselves to get into this situation.
0: Right. Right? And the the orders, I think it's important to point out the orders are are all, they're all pre-orders and it's all built on speculation.
1: Absolutely. There's the other one where it's like, nobody gets to see any of these issues as a comic book store owner. I'm sitting there going, well, I think people will want to buy this, right? And it's incentivized to buy more in order to get those, those like special issues, right? They, they short count specific issues. So as a st- like for me to get the special cover from Jeff DeKal, I have to order 10 or 20 copies of the regular covers so that I can have an opportunity to get that one cover from him because that's the premium. Right. Do you understand what a <laughs> fucking awful system that is? yeah that sets that sets these guys who have you know basically how you get your comics they it sets them up for failure right away and so when one of those things falls, right, not the least of which the opportunity to be able to buy the comics as we're as we're experiencing now, there's no way the comic book publishers can get those comics into the hands of people who buy them. And by the way, buying comics is habitual. Don't let anybody tell you differently, right? If somebody falls out of the habit of buying comics, you're going to see a, a major drop-off in people being able to, uh, you know, you know in a, a major drop-off in that business.
0: Right. Right.
1: It's a, it's a silly system that should have been rethought a long time ago, and yet nobody has taken the initiative. Somebody always asks like, well, what's the answer? Is it digital? And I go, I don't know. Is it? or is it like direct distribution into like, is it a subscription? I'm like, I don't know. Is it? Why haven't you explored any and all of those things?
0: Right. And also, I mean, the way we are consuming media is changing rapidly as as all this, all these habits are, are, it just feels so stuck in an old time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel for the comic book, um, sellers, the, the, the brick and mortar places. Right. Yeah because uh you know they've made they've made note hey comic book publishers we've we've been the people who have been the standard bearers for your industry for however many years if you decide to go full-on digital if you go to direct distribution what what then becomes of us right and right. i understand the the Uh, empathy that must go out from these publishers to them going like, you're absolutely right. We don't want to shut down your guys' business. Um, The cold thing is that it is a business, right? If you are in the publishing business, in order to get your product in front of as many of your fans, you had to have been thinking about this three years or 10 years ago. You had to have identified because nobody, I, I refuse to believe everybody that's, that's in the publishing end is stupid. They're not right. I've met a, like more than a handful of them. They're really, really super smart people. So I don't know why they didn't decide, Hey, we have to think long-term. And sometimes long-term means, as Jeff said, like y- you're just going to have to let some things go. Right, you're just going to have to evolve into a version of yourself that has sustainability in mind, mm-hmm. and it just happens to be that brick and mortar places might not be your number one way of getting these books out to your fans right It may be a way for sure, but it right. not it might not be the way right right. What is your ultimate goal as a business, right? It's to get your product in front of people who are willing to buy it. And what you're saying is there's only, I don't know, do you guys, do you remember how many comic book shops are in, in, in the country now? Oh, I have no idea. It's gotta be still 3000 less than more than just nationally. So what you're saying is like, yeah, this, this is the only way it, a, a kid who loves ends up loving Spider-Man because of Tom Holland. This is the only way he'll get his comics. Right Or another version of Spider-Man is to go into one of these places. There's only 2,000 nationally, 3,000 nationally. Like I don't understand that at all. You, you exhaust every possibility. And if they say, like, oh, we have exhausted every possibility, I'm like, have you? Have you? I,
0: and, and also comics have, I mean, the floppy itself is such a strange means of, of delivering something. with the price point they're set at right now yeah it's insane i mean if you're looking at a floppy that's four to five dollars but a trade paperback which is five or six times the length is fifteen dollars
1: yeah
2: i don't understand that math either
0: yeah
2: eric eric do you think for something like that to change it would need like a mobilization of all the comic shops to come together to to petition to do whatever they got to do it would take a big uniformity of all them to come together to do that to to change to change diamond you
1: know to comic shops no it comes from the publisher end some way right. somehow the publisher has agreed this is the most publishers have agreed this is the only way we're going to distribute our stuff because it was a, if there was a more lucrative version of distribution right they would have taken advantage of it by now but in, so but to your question it would need a cultural change from the publisher end to go we want to get our stuff in fr- more you know in front of our fans so who has, does that who, mean? Has
2: more, who, who has more power the publisher or diamond
1: uh, well without the publisher diamond doesn't have anything to distribute
2: right So this is all the publisher's agreement. Like they're, they're with it. Like they don't, they're not trying to like, they like the diamond. uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or there could somebody, something has convinced them that this is the best way to get their product out. Millions of, you know, people who want to see your thing. I mean, Disney is doing everything that they can to make sure that you're like, you know, Spider-Man and, Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America exist. not actively saying hey it's in comic book form but they're saying hey dude these this property these properties exist now it's up to you to go like not with hand, you know hat in hand asking like hey Disney how come you don't promote the fact that there's probably the fuck you that's not their business you know their business is to say, we're going to take these heroes and put it across the world. Your business is to say, oh, by the way, there's more things in front of it. there's There's more avenues by which you can experience these people's adventures. It's not up to Disney to tell you, like, to tell people that there's comics available. It, you know, there's these heroes available in comic book form. It right, does them no good, you know?
0: It so no money. Right? I mean, the comic books make them no money.
1: Yeah. And so as a comic book industry, you go like, okay, so we are now, and here's the other thing I was looking at. There's, there's a, I forgot what the website is online. A comicron, I think. And you can see like anytime that somebody says to me like, Oh, the comic book industry is doing fine. I don't know how somebody can look at data, actual numbers that's scrolling in front of them, understanding how much it's constricting and say that everything is fine. The yeah. Everything is the, everything is fine, guy. Guys, I akin to those dudes who are like still playing the violin as the Titanic is going down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything's cool. Keep everybody calm. Just play the fucking violin. Damn. And You're like, are you, are you out of your brains? You know, creators I
0: mean, are getting paid less and less to do more and more. That's not a sign that things are fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's a tough situation to be in because there's no immediate answer and i think ultimately that's what's that's what's hurting the most is that they should have been thinking about an answer 10 years ago and investing in that answer so here's here's a perfect i i think it's a good analogy not a direct one okay when steve jobs was developing the concept of the ipod right um they didn't have the technology to house it or to make it you know they they didn't or the you know they didn't have the these you know the hard drives small enough that'll fit a thousand songs into your pocket but they kept working on it they held on to it and they innovated because they knew eventually things will catch up right right things you have to have faith in the model in the in this investment that you're making or in the product that you have that eventually things were going to catch up and people are like steve why are you focusing so much on You know music that'll fit in your pocket we're not a music company right and he's like no but we're a technology company right right it you have to have the belief that's the the long-term belief that this product has legs and you have to have an understanding of what the dna of your product product is and when you don't you buy into a concept that has a single point of failure into it because you go like well it's the only way that we can make money well now it is now because you put yourself in this situation right you're giving a a massive discount to to so that you can hold up this distribution system you could have established a distribution uh uh, infrastructure on your own a long long time ago but you didn't want to do that
0: right and now because of this viral thing comic shops
1: are it helps to Yep. It just helps to highlight all the failures that led into this space. Your fans want your book. They can't get it now.
0: Right. And the distributor right. can't distribute it. The right. publishers, once the distributor can't distribute it, the publisher have no idea of why they
1: should it- Or they're not, or they're not set up for it. So it's going to be clumsy right off the bat, you know? Yeah. And I heard a couple of publishers and some creators go, like, I refuse to do, you know, to distribute digitally because I don't want to screw the brick and mortar places out of opportunity for income. And I'm like, I understand the the sentiment behind that and it's kind and it's, it's very accommodating to a failing industry, but man, oh man, if somebody wants your product, why do you not want to give it to them?
0: Right. You don't, I mean, right. It's, I don't want to be who do you... either. Yeah. Who... I don't want to kill myself too because my friend's dying.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm like, who do you care more about? Do you care about the the fans who are who are like I, I would think that that's as a as a creator that has a direct line to your fans. Isn't that what you care about? Isn't that what you ultimately like? I want to make sure that these guys are. Reading my books and enjoying it, and I'm getting feedback from them on how I can do this product better. Right?
2: Yeah. Eric, do you think? Do you think whatever this new form of distribution will be? I mean, why can't the comic shops get, be in on it? Like, why can't they? You know. You know why? Why? I'm not
1: saying they can't. I'm saying like it's it's going to be a harder transition for them because their 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 infrastructure is built upon these sets of processes coming into play right yeah. i order from diamond diamond gets it from my my you know from mainstream publisher and i have to sit here and wait to see whether or not these books will sell it's it's a crapshoot right yeah. there's some that are automatic for sure like batman's gonna sell no problem because it's batman but there's some things that people release and that's the other that's the other part like a publisher released something and i don't know why i Marvel might be guilty of this the most. Well, they release something and it has all sorts of agenda-laden stuff that's built into it. Not all of Marvel, certain parts of it, right? I can't account for every Marvel book, but certainly per- parts of it are like, oh, I, I understand what that's trying to do, but you know that's not going to sell any issues. It's going to, you know, you've moved your metric away from a capitalist concept, which is like, hey, we need to make X amount of money in order to keep the lights on. And you moved it towards a, a, a idealistic one, which is, Hey, we need to bring up awareness for, you know, insert whatever sort of um, um, agenda thing that you have in your brain, whether it be for inclusion, right. Whether it be for, I don't, know I don't know. There's, there's a lot of it recently. It's been a lot of inclusion and you go, that's, that's amazing. That's really, I, I'm a proponent of that concept, right. That, your metric of success is based on the the concept of like hey look at look at how aware we are now of the of the current geographic landscape that we inhabit as a society i'm i'm all for it but don't if you buy into that concept that's totally cool but don't be surprised when your returns are less and less and less because people aren't buying it Right? They can get behind it in theory. They can get behind it in concept, of course. Why not? It would be almost unheard of to say, hey, those people should not be included. But when it comes to actual people who are buying your product, and it sucks that things still exist around money, but it's the only way you can keep the lights on, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't keep the lights on an ideology, at least not directly. Mm -hmm. Don't be surprised when you go like, Oh crap, man, how come our business is failing? How come we're contracting annually? How come, you know, and it doesn't impact just that one book. It impacts you as a brand. Right? Makes no sense. But, but a lot of smart people work in those companies. A lot of things are happening behind the scenes that I'm not privy to, but from the outside looking in, and that's all I'm doing on the outside, looking in I'm going like, wow, you guys are, that, that is just an awful way to exist to always be at the behest of a single point of failure and then on top of that not put out a brand that's optimizing for the sort of things that you need in order to keep your business up and running do
2: you think i mean i mean this is it's kind of this is kind of human nature you know i mean i mean to kind of p- you know um i don't i'm not worldly enough to to like kind of tie it all together but Just to kind of do something, get it going, everybody kind of catches on, time goes by, new technology, new ways of thinking are created. That original way that you started Mm -hmm. is kind of working, but everybody knows it's time to change. But there's been all these systems established around it that rely on it. uh, Mm -hmm. It it, it seems like you can really apply that to to everything, man. And then it's like, and then it's like, um, uh, you know, just the whole Uber, um, Airbnb thing with hotels and cab drivers. It's like, for sure. It's like, yeah, terrible. You know, hotels, cab drivers, that are losing all this money. Terrible. Right. People out of jobs. Terrible. Right. But right. come on, man. Like time goes on. Technology goes on. It like does. things change. It like does. this is, this is how it goes. And, and, uh, everything like that, you're going to experience growing. You know, like yeah. that's, that's the hardest part is, 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 is taking that first step and, and, and getting all those, it sucks, man. Like there's no way around it. It fucking sucks. It's going to be growing pains. People are going to lose money, lose jobs. That's how it goes. But I I don't, I don't have a solution. I don't know what to do. I just, I just recognize that that's, that's universal, man, to, to human, to human uh, development and, and, that evolution, right? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, evolution, survival of the fittest, only the strong survive, like species die, things die. Like again, yeah. that goes back to my whole fucking zoom out. Things are bigger. Things are bigger than, than, than what we think it is. And it, and I'm not, and when I say that, man, I'm saying that because I just recognize it. Like if I was the get, if I was the one getting wiped out or getting suffering and all that shit, I'd I don't want that, you know, like,
1: like yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: that sucks, man. I don't want to get hurt, I don't want to suffer. I don't want any of that, but, but,
0: right, but, but it also man. illustrates to back to Eric's point is we have to always be looking to grow Yeah. and, and uh, looking, never getting comfortable in where we are always trying to see and, and what's coming, like you were saying to some degree and, and adapt and grow yeah. and try new things
1: not just project and it, and for what coming what's coming you have to over project even if the answer is oh it didn't go in that direction right. you have to innovate in such a way while you still have an understanding of your audience you have an understanding of the dna of your product right and go like what is it are we just maintaining or are we actually growing and if the answer is you're maintaining you have a finite shelf life
2: right and it's better to like have um like m- like constant little suffering episodes than to just put it all aside and then and then when the shit hits the fan have one enormous fucking loss you know like you want to always keep adapting and every time you adapt it's like oh i I gotta stretch a little bit further that hurt that hurt but okay i'm good i'm good let's keep going instead of just again just fucking putting it all to the side what's i'll worry about it when i have to you know
1: Right. And that's what's, ha- that's what's happened. Right. We're just like, we'll just put it all aside until we we'll worry. I do will have to. And then last week hit or the past couple of weeks hit. And they're like, Oh fuck, there's no way to fix it. Now. We just have to wait it out and see what happens. Like the medium in and of itself, like pan on panel storytelling, that's not going to go away. That's, no, 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 no. but in, in how you get it into your fans hands, it's super painful
0: and, and to be fair we are talking about superhero comics pretty much yep. there is a whole industry of webtoon web comics yep. that are that are making good money there's a whole uh like graphic novel book industry that's that's doing well we're uh-huh. talking about mainstream superhero for the most part comics oh
2: eric is is this uh is this just in the in the u s do other countries uh, i mean I'm sure diamond still distributes to other countries, but do other countries have like other ways of, of doing it
0: Diamond yeah. distributes to the states I'm pretty sure that all the other countries are publishing it there in their languages
1: yeah they've they have right. their yeah right. they have their distributors overseas okay and who knows how it's impacted them right, right. Yeah. I can't account for it.
0: Before all this, I mean, manga—I doubt manga in Japan is taking too much of a hit. Ultimately, like, I, I doubt their industry is in in threat of collapse.
2: Yeah. And and how and how did this affect? Like, why is Diamond, you know, not? You know, cutting back or or whatever, just because they're 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 understaffed now and everybody's staying home. Is it the same situation like
1: that? Yeah, yeah. They've been they've they've been told, hey, every put everything down, right? You can you cannot do anything right now because of what's been happening. Send your staff home. Send your distributions, You know, shut down your distribution center. They're not part of that essentials list.
0: And also, the shops aren't going to be placing the orders because they don't have the people coming in the stores.
1: Correct. Right, right. The publishers are be- all being sent home, you know, because for whatever reason, or they could have kept open because a lot of their freelancers are working from home, but with no avenue to distribute it into, they don't, and a lot their their, of, their, pipe, their pipeline breaks, you know? Right, and a lot of those
0: freelancers are getting calls right now to stop working. Yep. I've seen a lot of that lately.
1: Yeah, my heart breaks for each and every single one of them. I'm going to guess that more often than not, a lot of them are very talented, very good at their jobs, telling really super, you know, engaging stories, and they're passionate about how they tell those stories. But what's let them? And I don't have any qualms with those guys. I'm like those guys are just doing their best. I I have an issue with the people with the business that they work for. Right. Right. Everybody's been calling bullshit on them for years, and they were like, "Ah, but things are doing fine, right? Things are fine," question mark.
0: Right. I kind of feel like like freelance kind of dried up for me a lot within the past couple years, which has been kind of a blessing, I think, because it's made me re like think. A lot
1: about what I'm doing it, how I'm doing it, how I'm making a living, all that stuff. Yeah. As that industry contracted, I'd come to recognize they were opting for. And again, this is uh, it, to say that this is a secondary view is being super like generous. I'm I'm looking at it from a tertiary view. It, as that industry can you know contracted, it opted to go for guys that have already. an ongoing name for them or they already had sort of in their in their payroll or going in the in the direction of like that that social awareness route right? right which I go like hey man that's that's the that's the business model that you want to bring you hear from a whole lot of people I can't remember who was explaining this to me when they shifted all of their titles to be more like oh now we're gonna make all the heroes female instead right or i can't remember what that event was and i was like oh is that what that was because again i'd been out of comics for a while and when they i can't remember the chief financial officer somebody in marvel's rank said hey these aren't doing well for us financially we're going to have to pivot back into what we have what our audience has an understanding for us for and there was a sh- huge response and you know it's the it's the it's the poor version of the internet. It's the, you know, it's, there was a huge response to the contrary. They were like, how dare you drop those titles? Again, this is a story being told to me secondhand, so I'm not exactly 100% sure. But they were like, don't drop those titles. That's such a, you know, there was a huge backlash against them saying, hey, we we need to go back to business as usual. And so they didn't. (laughs) And I thought to myself, like, what a, bonkers concept because they think somebody I don't know. It just sounds like to me, and this is probably not true. It just sounds like to me, they didn't know how to pivot away from the stuff they were currently publishing, which was not, you know, garnering them the kind of income that they needed, but not exactly just throw it all out. Hold on to, hold on to the good stuff, right? Hold on to the stuff that really makes sense for you as a company. And also, you know, your, your social DNA. But then to double down on it to the point where you're like, I saw some of these numbers of the books that they're trying to sell, and I'm like, are you kidding? What I, it made me ask, like, what's cancellation numbers for for Marvel now? Right. You know, like what what is the 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 cutoff issue per issue where you go like, yeah, we can't we can't comfortably continue to print that book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Eric, let me ask you, if you were to do a comic book now, let's say you create your own book. Yeah. What avenues do you think you would explore for getting it out there?
1: I honestly wouldn't do it. (laughs) I honestly, like, even under the auspices of, like, hey, maybe I should do it just for fun. Uh I don't know, man. It's in order to get my own comic book out, where would I go in order to distribute it? I mean, would
0: you just do it visually yourself?
1: Yeah, I think I would have to first of all, I would have to define for myself what my metric of success is. And in that scenario, it couldn't be it couldn't be financial. It would just be for the sake of doing it, you know?
0: Right, right, right.
1: Um so I would have to expect that I would be making zero money out of it up front, right? And it's not to say that's always at the forefront of my mind, but that's just me going through the sort of like, things that I have to get comfortable with in my head. And then, there's a nostalgia for print, and I don't know if that makes any sense. If all I want to do is be able to have people read my stuff, then I would try to do my very best to make it as accessible as possible. Considering I don't need to make money off of it, or I, I, can't, you know, I'm expecting to make zero dollars off of it. It would probably have to be digital.
2: Right. What would you do for print, though? Just for argument's sake, you know, like let's say, like let's say you had some. This book was really personal to you. You wanted to do some really cool way of printing it. It's like a really nice kind of paper embossed whatever man just some cool way of printing and and you wanted to print it
1: okay so you're asking me like if if print was was prioritized in this venture right
0: Yeah.
1: yeah oh man i don't know i definitely make it a hardcover okay um which then immediately takes it out of a handful of people's hands because that has a price point that's not automatically approachable
2: Right.
1: Okay. I'd go the other way. I'd actually go two ways. One, that very prestige way, where you look at it and you're like, man, this feels really, really good to have in hand, like a like a French album, which is something that I have an affinity for. Or I'd go really, really cheap. Or I would just like (laughs) staple that shit in my own kitchen. Right. Yeah. And i I sure, as heck, would not want it to look like a comic book right, right.
0: What about you, Jeff? What do you think you would do
1: well i mean i'm I'm in that
2: situation because i'm a I'm about a third of the way done with my with my story with my book um i still got I definitely still have at least another year, probably realistically year and a half even more realistically probably fucking two years before I'm like completely done with it and ready to publish it. And, and yeah, man, I want it to be, like Eric said, I want it to be like, you know, that old album type shit. I want, I want people to really want the object. I want to, it's not going to be a floppy comic book. It's going to be something nice. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, let's see where things are at in a year or two. I have no idea where my life is going to be, where our lives, where the industry, where all that shit's going to be. But, but yeah, I mean, if, if I did it today, I'd, yeah, I'd want it to be a really nice object and I'd want, uh, yeah, I'd want people to be able to get it. So I don't know.
1: I think there's, that's, there's something you said there that's really smart. It's just like, if you can afford to wait just for a little until all these, all this stuff shakes out. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. it's, it's worth your time, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe this, you know, cause I've been working on it for so long, you know, work on it in between projects. I kind of put it away for a while. And it's like every, that's the main, when I talk about it, that's the main question everybody asks is how are you going to get it out? How are you going to publish it? And I, I've never had an answer. I say, I have no idea. We'll see where I'm at when that time comes. Yeah. So honestly, so again, man, like my, my, my simulation here, you know, I've maybe I've made the right decisions and I've, you know, I've kind of waited. And, and, uh, when I finally am ready, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll be in some new place, some new publishing yeah, space, some new sure. publishing space and, and, uh, and we'll see how it goes. You know. That's
1: awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a question I'm asking myself a lot cause I, I'm, um, I mean, what I'm trying to do now is figure out how to make a living with my drawing. And I still want to make comments, but I don't want that to be my income, but I do want to make them, so I need whatever I'm doing to support that, and then I want to figure out
1: what the best route of putting. What time do we have? Oh, shoot, it's 11 o'clock my time.
0: Yeah, I was going uh, to say, we should probably wrap it up soon. we we'll be on long Yeah, man. All right, anything else anyone wanted to say before we go?
1: No, that's it from me, buddy. Yeah, Thanks for man. putting putting me on, man. This is awesome.
2: Yeah, oh. this is super cool. And again, and man, just another another example, man. It's like we're adapting, you know, Pump season nine that. is, is fucking zoom video. You know, it's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Exactly. Dude. <laughs>
0: Dude. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, thank you guys for, for hanging out and doing this with me. Yep. Of course. Thank um, you. All right, then I'll uh, have I'll, a wonderful
1: uh, weekend, Sean. We'll too, but, I'm just
0: going to stop recording and then we can just say our personal goodbyes. Okay. Yep. yep. All, right. all right. So thanks for listening, everyone.